And I found personally when I followed something on paper, I would just use so much mental energy simply adhering to it and abstaining from things I shouldn't be eating that it would take away from the other things that I could put more focus into, such as my training. Welcome to the Waiting Game Podcast, a podcast where I attempt to bring more dialogue into the world of Olympic weightlifting and share my experiences and perspectives in the sport and resistance training in general. It was a perspective I wish was more accessible during my earlier years of training, so here is my attempt to bring that value to those who may be seeking it. And welcome everyone to another episode of the podcast. I'm Brandon Wakeling, Olympian and multiple time representative at the Commonwealth Games. And for this episode, I'll be focusing on a topic which is obviously a very important one, not only when it comes to weightlifting, athletic performance, but also for your health and well-being. And that's going to be diet and nutrition. So my approach to diet and nutrition has been something that I've had a very keen interest in from my earlier teenage years. And I've actually sourced help on multiple occasions from professionals in the space in order to learn more, but also have more of a sense of accountability on adherence to a plan. So what I'm going to do for this episode is talk about my experience with nutrition and diet and also touch on topics such as making weight for competition and also supplementation when it comes to performance, health and well-being. But before I talk about my experience on the topic, I urge those that are wanting to take a step further at looking at their own nutrition to source a professional in the space. I'm not a nutritionist, I'm not a dietitian or a professional in the space by any means, so I'm not necessarily talking science here in this episode, purely just my experience in the area. Now, I first gained interest on the topic of nutrition around the age of 15, 16, and I was well into the gym at the time, and obviously knew that nutrition played a big role when it comes to physique, athletic performance, and strength. So what I did was, because I learned best when I physically typed something out, or write information on a piece of paper. I bought a few notebooks and then just began researching everything that I possibly could on nutrition and supplementation. So I'm talking writing everything I possibly could on calories, micronutrients such as your protein, fats, carbs, fiber, and then also micronutrients and what I would gain from fruits, vegetables, and supplements. And then on the topic of supplementation, I learned everything I could about different protein supplement sources such as your whey protein concentrate, whey protein isolate, its hydrolyzed sources of protein as well as casein, creatine monohydrate, ethyl ester and its hydrolyzed forms also, plus BCAAs and its segmented portions such as leucine. And then of course how to source all of that from proper food sources like your white and red meats, seeds, nuts, dairy, etc. And through all that self-research, I then started experimenting with different diets and ways to structure the way that I consume my food, starting from simply tracking calories to then going to the extremes of carb cycling and even the ketogenic diet. Now, this experimentation and self-education went from the age of 16 up until I was roughly 21, and that's where I started taking more of a keen interest in Olympic lifting. And that's when I decided that I needed to take a step back of thinking I knew it all, as I obviously didn't, and let someone else with years of structured learning assist in preparing a food plan for myself. 
And when I talk about adherence to the protocol that they gave me, I was almost military-like in the way that I had followed this program, which I wasn't new to. Back when I was carb cycling, for instance, I would have zero carbohydrates, excluding fibrous vegetables, of course, six days a week, then have one refeed day, that's what I would call it, when I would have simply whatever I wanted that day, which meant during those six days where I was having a lower carbohydrate intake, I would not even put a drop of what I considered to be an ingredient that was sugar heavy into those days. So I even got to a point where I would have mustard with my plain chicken breast and broccoli because I considered the conventional sources to be too sugar heavy. Now, was this a healthier way to think? Obviously not, but I carried this military-like adherence into my first nutrition program. And over time, I dropped from 72, 73 kilos body weight down to sub-66 kilos body weight. And that's not to say that I was seriously catabolic or anything. I was around sub-8% body fat, but I was still progressing in my Olympic and strength lifts at the time. And then over time, as we assessed the program, the nutrition program, I'm saying each week, we would then add calories here and there until I eventually started rising in weight again. But after, say, a year or so of having a nutritionist that would structure my diet for me, I then decided to take everything on that I'd learned here, which was a lot, and try to be a little more relaxed to my approach with nutrition and do things on my own again. Now, there was a time roughly a year after this where I tried to work with another nutritionist again, but I simply just didn't have the mental energy to be able to stick to a concrete nutrition plan, which of course it doesn't have to be, but I just thought the best thing for me was just to take things into my own hands. So I don't follow anything on paper anymore, and these days I'm also intuitive with my nutrition. And I found personally when I followed something on paper, I would just use so much mental energy simply adhering to it and abstaining from things I shouldn't be eating that it would take away from the other things that I could put more focus into, such as my training. I just felt that all of the extra stress and limitations I put on myself when it comes to my nutrition and trying to follow something so structured, I felt was just so unnecessary for my personal goals at the time. So I shifted from being so rigid to more so following the saying of one bad meal isn't going to hurt you as much as one good meal isn't going to help you. So essentially, I just try to make the majority of my nutritional intake to be what I deem to be healthy, so I can also enjoy the more discretionary foods I like most. And this saves me from getting too much in my own head, and also stops me from acting like a robot, which is obviously not very enjoyable, and doesn't make you the funnest person to be around. Now that's the way that I've simply moulded my approach to nutrition over time, but now I'm going to go over the methods that I use to make weight for competition and my ideal post-weigh-in meals for performance, and I'll also touch on the supplements that I've taken slash take. So when it comes to making weight for competition, my method for making weight is pretty straightforward. I'll typically allow myself to be 5% over my competition weight in training, especially when it's in an earlier volume phase, although I've actually been as heavy as 9% over my weight category at the time when I was injured. So not training as much slash not burning as many calories and it obviously wasn't ideal. But what I do heading into competition is I'll allow myself to be a kilo overweight seven days out from competition. And then 14 days out, I'll allow myself to be two kilos overweight. Three weeks out, I'll allow three kilos. You get the point here. 
So essentially a kilo a week I'll lose heading into competition. I do this for however many weeks out I am from competition. Obviously not to the point where I allow 10 kilos over 10 weeks out because that exceeds the 5% of my body weight I typically try to cap myself at. And the method I use to lose the weight is simply just portion control. Typically with my carbohydrates, but it also has to do with cutting out anything discretionary and being more strategic around where I get my more caloric, dense foods throughout the day. So my meals pre and post training are my highest in carbohydrates to give myself the energy I need for the session. And then the rest of the meals are quite light in calories to help facilitate losing the weight gradually. I don't do any, you know, water loading or anything like that. I don't sauna before the competition. Aside from for recovery benefits, I won't do anything to really deplete myself. I don't really like the idea of depleting my body before I lift because I just know going into the clean and jerks, I'm just not going to have the legs under me and it's not going to go well. So I try to do it slowly just to make sure that I'll be at my best on the day. Now, when it comes to post weigh-in, so saying that I've finally made weight and now I can eat what I want two hours before the competition, I try to stick to my preferences, but I don't really get that opportunity when I'm at an international competition. I simply just have to deal with whatever the post weighing catering services offer. But if I had it my way and I could have had what I liked, what I usually did was I would buy a couple of those instant honey oat cups, some granola, blueberries, and then some coconut water. So I do this to get a mix of fructose and sucrose. So a study that I read back at university said that a mixture of the different types of sugar provided a better energy output as opposed to singularly having a single source. Whether that's conclusive or not, I have no idea as I didn't look too deep into it, but that's essentially what I do and it's worked for me in the past. But I eat that and as low of a fat content as I possibly can as the potential for stomach discomfort from a high fat meal could impede my performance. So I have that and also a coconut water to help replenish my electrolytes if I was dehydrated at all, which I don't really need to a significant extent, so I don't go too overboard with it. And now that leads me to one thing that I do see a lot of and I don't really understand. It's more so with the more inexperienced lifters, but when I see people who think they need to have a huge meal and a lot of fluid as soon as they make weight, even when they didn't even cut that much weight at all, Perhaps people see others who have cut significant weight and just think that's what you have to do. But if you haven't cut all that much weight, you have no need to have any huge amounts of food before you compete and just have it sitting in your stomach. So if I haven't cut that much weight personally, I would just eat a portion size similar to what I would have before a training session. And also, aside from what I just mentioned there, I'll also have a black coffee before competition which somewhat ties into my next topic that I wanted to cover, which is supplementation. So when it comes to supplements these days, I don't really have all that many, and I keep it pretty simple. So I have a protein supplement, only really with food, so I don't have any shakes or anything like that. So I have WPI, ideally, but I'm not too concerned if it's whey protein concentrate that has the high fat content, as I'm not really aiming to have it straight before training. So I'll mix my protein supplement with oatmeal or if we're making homemade acai or protein pancakes, they're really the only times that I'll use a protein powder. 
And along with that, I'll also have a creatine monohydrate supplement. I don't really get into the other kinds of creatine. I think that's all marketing for the most part. So the cheapest and best one that I found is a creatine monohydrate. And I'll have typically five grams before bed. I've heard somewhere that it helps with sleep. So that's why I have it at that time of the day. But that's not what I have it for. So creatine helps with the regeneration of adenosine triphosphate, so ATP, which is used during explosive movements. So very fitting for weightlifting. And other than that, I take a green supplement in the morning and have coffee in the morning also and before training. And I'll also have a pre-workout supplement instead of coffee before training if I really want to spice that up sometimes. Although I have to be pretty wary as to make sure it's an informed sport or HASTA approved supplement. Now, I get drug tested on a very regular basis, even to the point where the drug testers all know my pet dog Douglas by his name. So I have to ensure that I'm taking every precaution when it comes to my supplementation. So if you see a supplement that has the Inform Sport or Hasta approved supplementation tick, one is a yellow logo and another is a green tick, and it'll have the name of the Inform Sport or Hasta brand underneath. But that's it pretty much for my supplementation that I currently consume. In the past, I've taken BCAAs, beta-alanine, leucine, casein, multivitamins, fish oil, magnesium. Not all at once, but just at some stage over the past 10 years. And I didn't necessarily feel any difference, so I stopped taking those after brief stints with them. Now that pretty much sums up everything that I wanted to touch on when it comes to my nutrition and supplementation. If anyone had any further questions, as I always say, my DMs are open on Instagram. Always happy to answer any questions or take on any suggestions for any future episodes. So thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the podcast and I will see you all next week.